Welcome to Business Lines State of the Economy podcast where you'll find insight analysis and the story behind the numbers. Hello listeners and welcome to Business Lines SOE podcast on personal finance for this month. In this episode we have with us Mr. Abhijit Roy who's an alumnus of IIT Kharagpur and IIM Kolkata. He's the CEO and co-founder of Golden Pie. which is an online bond platform promoted by Zeroda in fact it's one of the largest bond aggregators in india right now as you know today there are a variety of attractive investing opportunities not just in the stock markets but in the bond markets too because there has been a sharp rise in interest rates and uh, both at the short term and longer ends actually the, there are attractive investing opportunities i am arthi krishnan i am a consulting editor with business line and i'll be chatting with mr roy on these opportunities and the outlook for interest rates so thank you mr roy for joining us if we can start out with the rate outlook first now there's a practical consensus in the market that the mpc will be on a rate pause for some time and it has repeatedly indicated this too but when can we expect this rate cuts to start coming in i think that's a question of great interest uh both to debt mutual fund investors and to bond investors uh firstly uh, arthi thank you so much for you know having me uh, for this discussion uh and hello to uh, all uh, all your uh, listeners for this podcast coming to the question you know see uh the repo rate cuts are something which i believe we will start seeing uh, a couple of quarters down the line because more or less the situation has stabilized on the inflation front right so we were looking at uh, you know an inflation control band of plus 4% plus minus 2% on the yeah. higher side we um, we have been able to see the inflation under control uh, with respect to the rate hikes which were done by rbi Uh, some time back mm-hmm. right the series of rate hikes and that has given the result so understandably now that we see the inflation has come under control uh, which means rbi is now keeping a watch uh, you know uh, and um, and continue stance as in they would preserve these uh levels of repo rates for now uh, but as you know uh, in order to boost the economy uh, the cost of borrowing for the industry needs to come down which means the repo rates needs to come down so um, you know um, i think in a couple of quarters we'll start seeing the repo rate cuts gradually stepping in but recently basically inflation on the inflation front uh... we've seen that the kharif and rabi both have not been so great because of a slightly erratic monsoon so this patches of food inflation still seem to be a policy worry right and it's an election year also so do you think the cuts can come in really in a couple of quarters um i would hope so still because you know um uh, the prediction of the economists and also of of entities who are looking at uh, the indian market right uh, mm. from the global markets perspective is that the economy is more or less in a stable shape number 1 number 2 okay. you know uh, our economy is faring better with respect to the growth right uh, projected around 7 mm. uh, 7.2% growth right vis a vis that of china which was a favorite destination for the global investors till some time back but now because okay. of a change of lot of geopolitical equations right india has become a more favorite destination right and uh, given that um, you know uh, the whole perspective 
continues to be that we are more or less in a stabilized environment, right? Government, mm -hmm. I foresee that will not be in a hurry to disturb that equilibrium right away, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Probably we will see the election getting over um, and, you know, uh, uh, we have the election just around the corner. So uh, maybe, right. you know, by September or October, we might okay. see certain indications of rate cuts uh, coming in from RBI. Yeah. Right. So Indian bond market watchers today watch U.S. yields more than Indian yields sometimes. And so we have seen U.S. two-year come off from 5% or to 4.3 or something currently. So will that also provide a trigger for Indian rate cuts or is it an irrelevant thing? What do you see? No, it's very relevant, you know. See, um, one thing which becomes very important for global investors and also of the U.S. Uh, you know, funds, right, is basically to look for attractive destinations in global economies where they can get that extra yield, right? Now, mm -hmm. the U.S. Fed rates, uh, the rates at which they are, uh, the government securities are offering around 4%, right? If you look at India, the 10-year government bond yield is at 7.17%, right? Combined yeah. with yeah. the factor that we are in a stabilized environment as of now, right? Uh, oh. This continues to be, um, you know, an attractive destination, right? So uh, the rates will not undergo a rapid upheaval or, you know, uh, any change right now. We will, mm. we will continue to see these levels. And I think once our Indian bonds, the G6, which are, permitted through the fully accessible route or FAR route yeah. where global investors can invest. Once that happens, when we get included in the JP Morgan's, uh, you know, index, um, number one, and number two also, there's a talks about the Bloomberg index inclusion. Once that happens, then there would be a lot of, you know, foreign funds which would be flowing in which definitely is going to trigger a price increase in the government bonds and mm -hmm. uh, you know, correspondingly the yields will definitely undergo a decay. But right. that's like so this... what I foresee post-inclusion of our uh, uh, G6 in these JP Morgan Emerging Market Debt Index and you know Bloomberg's Local Currency Index. Right. So this JP Morgan inclusion is set to start from June 2024, right? Correct. So uh, there have been projections that based on the flows uh, uh, which track uh, funds, which track the index, about 300 billion or so. Uh, I mean, there have been some projections made of how much we can expect to come into India. What is your ballpark on the amount of flows that we can expect into Indian government bonds? The specific ones that are allowed under FAR. Right, right. Uh, you know, uh, my expectation is that post inclusion of uh, uh, you know the the indian uh, g6 into uh, the jp morgan's emerging market debt uh, index from june 2024 onwards right uh, we should see in a short span of time anywhere between 30 to 50 billion dollars worth of inflow into the market right and mm. uh, th that's a big amount that that we will start mm. uh, seeing uh, from July onwards, and it will uh, it will keep going up uh, till a point wherein you know uh, our G6 uh, somehow start getting muted onto the rates, right? Uh, so yeah. and then uh, you know we might see a slowdown in the infusion. But yeah, right. my take is anywhere between thirty to fifty billion dollars of early inflow that we should see into the economy. Are these mostly passive flows or are they active? 
Oh, well, uh, you know, this has to be through the FAR route, right? Uh, because um, th that is the most legitimate and most widely used. I mean, individual investors from there cannot deploy into the Indian Indian mm. market, right? The regulations yeah. put it that yeah. you got to have it through a fund who has got the permission from RBI to, right. you know, to infuse funds. So understandably, it has to be through these, uh, you know, through these funds only in a passive way of investment that we will see. Since only specific government bonds are under FAR, does it mean that only the yields on these will fall and the others will not actually correct to that extent? Well, I don't see that, you know, um, as a case that would be like, uh, you know, only the FAR approved uh, uh -huh. GSEC will undergo revision in the yields. Uh, yeah. Yes, they will have more revision because more capital infusion will happen in over there. Right. Uh, but then we also have to understand that the uh, it would be wise for the government to also put in more GSECs into the FAR bucket because immediately mm. they become eligible for foreign fund infusion, right? Uh, apart right. from, um, you know, uh, funds getting pulled into these GSECs from within the Indian economy, right? So uh, right. we would definitely see, uh, um, you know, an overflow effect beyond these uh, earmarked GSECs into the overall GSEC market, wherein, you know, uh, the other GSECs will also have a dampening of the yields. Today, we are also saying in recent months, this opportunity in Indian markets, especially if you look at your platform like Golden Pie and all, we're seeing shorter term bonds like one year, two year also offering very attractive yields and almost the same yields, in fact, as the long term bonds. So uh, for an investor, it can be a bit of a confusing call whether you should buy these NCDs, which are very short term, or should you really lengthen your horizon to say four or five years? I mean, what would you advise? You know, um, I uh, wouldn't put in as an advisory, but my hmm. personal take as as an individual uh, yeah. actively tracking the bond market and, you know, participating in the bond market. In that capacity, um, my observation will be, one, it has to be purely driven by the investor's need. Hmm. Because if you look at uh, investing into NCDs, right, um, right, it should not be just from the perspective of locking in higher yield. It also is a function of number one, uh, what is the tenure for which I want my, you know, my money to be part over there, post which I might have certain life events where I want to use number one. Number two, uh, you know, longer the tenure of the bond, the greater is the duration risk that I'm eventually exposing myself to. So one has to make yes. a very cautious judgment over there. I would say that if I, you know, observe through the lens of, of, of an active investor into the, you know, or uh, somebody who is watching this market very actively, right? I would say it would be prudent for me as an investor, if I want to put in money over here, mm. that uh, if I'm looking for really high yields, which means I have to look at uh, low credit rated papers of the likes of, say, A and triple B, right? Within the yeah. investment yeah. grade bonds. But if I'm looking yeah. at options over there, I should not take up too much of duration risk, which means I mm. should look at shorter tenure bonds. However, right. 
if i am uh, really looking for that extra level of safety cushion right i would look at higher rated bonds for the longer horizons the triple a rated and some very good mm. a rated bonds or even the government securities for my long yeah. time you know and long term funds to be blocked at better rates than bank fds but surely the right. difference where you know the extra yield that i get here will not be as high as a rated and triple b rated right so a cautious right. balanced approach over here is what i would recommend uh, to myself as an investor right and you i think as a debt investor you also need to match your uh, the tenor of the bonds you buy to your own goals right because uh, for a short term goal you can't end up because of this duration risk that you mentioned absolutely you cannot end absolutely. up buying yeah on your platform i also see that you offer ncds and some of the triple a rated ncds today offer more than 8.5% and um, yield actually and there are ncds also so how does the investor actually make this choice between fds and ncds i think you know um, there are a couple of parameters that an investor should consider right um, first let's look at these two choices from the uh, criteria of safety right understandably yeah, yeah. if i am putting money in fd right and i am assuming over here uh, the large bank fds right uh, like the you know um, the psbs the private uh, the yeah. public sector banks or mm. the private sector banks which are the larger ones if i am yeah. restricting myself over there i will get very high levels of safety right however the returns i have to compromise because the levels of mm. safety are very high right so i will make anywhere between 6.5 to 6.8 percentage returns mm -hmm. but with very high levels of safety now if right. i am an investor uh, who is willing to take that slightly extra risk and 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 look for that extra returns i'll start looking at ncds a triple a rated ncd right is a fair choice to consider mm -hmm. right on the safety spectrum and 8.5% on a triple a rated versus a you know 6.5 on an uh, on a traditional bank fd definitely mm -hmm. it's like i mean 2% yeah. extra you're getting that too let's say for a 5 year investment period it's straight 10% extra that you're making Yes, right yes, so yes. it definitely would be from that lens of if i'm looking purely purely for safety right, um, right. i would restrict I, I would rather apportion the money a bit some amount into fd and definitely take uh, you know a shot on the triple a rated ncds or even the government securities which are offering now 7.17% right mm -hmm. which is again more than bank fds right so yeah. it's important for investors to allocate funds across these and at the same time if i'm somebody who has got a profile of i am really looking for yield right i really need that yield kicker in my portfolio i would consider myself purely allocating into ncds um, you know uh, down the rating curve yeah uh, for retirees and other people who actually require fixed income for uh, living expenses now traditionally they rely on fds whether bank fds or nbfc fds and and the bonds do you think that uh, today with the uh, after this 250 basis point increase in policy rates etc today are we at a level where such people can actually explore longer term options like four or five year options so that they have that certainty of income at this point yeah I, I think that that's that's a very very valuable question and um, my take is that definitely yes right um, mm. it's worth taking that shot on on bonds and debentures uh, for a duration of 4 to 5 years right mm. and uh, 
However, the point of caution that uh, should be pointed out over here is not to just restrict, uh, you know, picking out NCDs by just looking at the credit rating of AAA rated, right? Mm -hmm. um, I would recommend that when investors who are retired or are looking to create a retirement corpus before they get retired, right? They should do a holistic assessment of not only their credit rating, but also the financials of the company, the basic financials, like is mm. the revenue increasing year on year for the past three years? Is the EBITDA increasing over the past three years? And also the management, the current management quality of the company. Mm. These three parameters, you know, along with the credit rating, uh, if they are all in green, it makes sense to go ahead and park your money for a duration of, you know, for a tenure of four to five years uh, to generate that regular passive cash flow uh, into one's, uh, you know, bank account. And I guess, as you said, government securities also offer that opportunity today, right? Like you can yeah. get regular income and Correct. Uh, you Correct. can have a you safe know, uh, portion of your portfolio in that. Correct. Correct. I would want to add one point over here, you know, I think one point uh, which uh, gets missed out by retail investors per se, when they consider government securities versus NCDs that, mm. okay, government securities have uh, safety levels, which are more than bank FDs, actually speaking, yeah. right in the real terms, right. Mm -hmm. And now uh, the regulators have put in the infrastructure for investment into government securities in such a way that investors can start parking their funds as low as rupees 100 into the mm. secondary market GSEX, right? Like on a platform, even at rupees 100, somebody can go ahead and buy, you know, government securities. From mm. RBI Retail Direct, which is of RBI, people can apply for the weekly auction, right? And wherein right. the minimum quantum there that they have to apply for is 10,000, right? 10, so very granular level itself uh, of mm -hmm. investment, retail, right. retail can start in over here. And, right. you know, this becomes right. a great lever for greater financial inclusion also, right? So, right. yeah, definitely government securities are an option that, you know, retired people or people who are creating the retirement corpus should consider because one uh, of the safety, uh, second, the returns are better than bank FDs, and third, they pay on a half yearly basis, right? So, yeah. you know, you are getting that uh, interest payment, which is coming into your bank account, which is great uh, to build up that passive cash flow. Right. So your platform enables secondary market investment in G6, is it? I was not aware right. of that. Yes, okay. it enables investments uh, into G6 from the secondary market. So is this available across tenors or is it a function of liquidity in certain G6? Because typically the liquidity is there in tenure and things like that, right? Uh, yeah, uh, see, um, what we tend to offer basically are uh, the GSEC, uh, which are in demutualized form. If mm. you have to buy GSEC, right, through RBI Retail Direct and others, you got to mm. create, uh, uh, you know, the, the CSGL account. Yeah, the guilt account needs to be created, which is an additional yeah. hassle, right? However, right. if this asset is already dematerialized, right, then it yeah. becomes very easy to hold with your equity and mutual funds into your DMAT itself. That's that's yes. like the added advantage we have built. So we put up one or two tranches of GSEC. Uh, which are very safe ones. Uh, I mean, uh, and and not very long tenure either, right? It brings the range of, uh, it changes from time to time basis what we are being able to demutualize and put on the platform. But it varies anywhere between, you know, five to seven years of, of outstanding tenure. 
So what is the commission you charge on the GSEC investment? Because RBI is a commission-free platform. There are no commissions on, uh, you know, oh. on investment into GSECs. Yeah. So recently we've seen that uh, SEBI has put out a discussion paper where it wants to basically open up access, remove retail access to NCDs. So uh, one thing it has proposed is that uh, the minimum ticket size for private placements uh, of NCDs be reduced to 10,000 10, rupees from 1 lakh rupees or something. So, Correct. And there is also a proposal for fast track public issues. Now, the Correct. majority of uh, NCD issuances in the Indian market are actually private placements. How do you think this proposal, if it becomes actually the regulation, what impact can it have on uh, retail investors looking for NCDs? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, firstly, um, our market regulator for, you know, for the corporate bond, SEBI is doing uh, a phenomenal job in actually uh, putting in the right set of levers to widen and deepen the bond market so that it now becomes not a rich man's game. It no longer mm -hmm. continues to be just a rich man's game. It is available to the last retail investor for investment, right? And that is the move that you see that in earlier years, the privately placed bonds had a minimum ticket size of 10 lakh. Then yeah. come January 2023, SEBI slashed it down by 10 times. They brought it down mm -hmm. to 1 lakh. And further 10 times reduction is what they're proposing to 10,000. Their clear indicators towards the fact that SEBI wants these asset classes to become available to the retail population. So they're also able to enjoy the, you know, higher interest rates, higher interest returns than their bank FDs, right? So the way I see it is, you know, like you rightly pointed it, private placement forms around 90% of the issuance in the market mm -hmm. for the debentures. And public placement is, you know, the 10%, which is there, yeah. right? But uh, if you look at the growth of, the fresh issuance of debentures via public issuance, right? In uh, fiscal year FY23, the total mm -hmm. amount that was came in into the market as fresh issuance was $1.1 billion. This mm -hmm. year on the NCD IPOs, right? We are slated to hit around $2.6 billion, which is like 136% oh. growth, okay. right? Similarly, on the private placement side, just to give you a bit of the stats there, you know, uh, last year, fresh issuance of privately placed papers was to the tune of around approximately $94 billion. Okay. And this year, uh, the privately placed papers are poised to be in the range of around $100 billion, which is like 7% growth. Right. As you can see, you know, um, the growth in public issuance has been uh, phenomenal. Right. But the growth in mm -hmm. private placements hasn't been that stellar because of that ticket size, the big ticket size, mm -hmm. which was there, which is one lakh is still not to be considered retail. So the way mm -hmm. I see this is, you know, when this goes down to 10,000 on the private placements, mm -hmm. right, the differentiator for an entity trying to raise money through these two routes will become narrower. Right. Number one. Mm -hmm. And number two, because of this, you will see more of these corporates switching from private placement to public mm. issuance. Why? Because mm. the cost of borrowing through the public issuance is lower than you do through a private placement. The private oh. placement happens to be faster, right? So there would be a switching that I would expect to see of entities moving away from private placement to getting into public issuance. Mm. Uh, that will happen. 
at the same time you know newer players will come in right firstly they wouldn't go out with public issuance itself because there's a you know long set of activities which needs to be done uh, before one's does an issuance for retail private placements are way quicker on that front so newer entities from newer sectors right will actively come in to the market to raise capital via private placement so that's a kind of shift in dynamics that i would expect to see that existing players will move from private placements to public issuance and new players across other industry verticals also will start making their inroads first into the private placement area and public issues they have to be compulsorily listed is it what is the rule yeah public issuances definitely they have to be mm. listed because uh, you know uh, retail would subscribe to it so as per sebi yeah. norms they have to be listed either in bsc or right. nsc or both that will mean better ongoing disclosures of financials etc exactly right? exactly yeah, yeah. correct so a final question recently we are hearing a lot about um, these banks really scrambling for uh, casa and this credit deposit ratio being very tight etc so do you see bank fd rates going up and generally fd rates going up from here or do you think just like market interest rates they have also sort of topped out see uh, at the end of the day you know banks are now sitting on a large volume of undeployed capital right and mm. for them to be able to uh, deploy the capital right it is essential that they are being able to do it through the right avenues through with which they are able to make upliftment in their margins right i don't foresee that the banks would increase the interest rates uh, significantly because you know uh, at the end of the day a bank trying to compete with a triple a rated ncd that's offering 8.5 right mm. uh, th that would be uh, like immediate hit on their uh, you know yeah. on their top line net interest right? margin yeah yeah yeah, yeah correct the the names would have tremendous contraction so yeah, yeah. what i foresee you know is basically the banks would rather try out alternate avenues of these fund deployment through the mm. uh, nbfcs so what happens is you know right. uh, rather than taking in more deposits and uh, trying to build up for the casa right at the end of mm. the day for the top line to be intact or even grow further they are getting more and more into this co lending model that rbi has put in wherein yeah. uh, the bank can put in 80% of the capital and the nbfc can put in i think 20% of the capital the 80 20 ratio wherein the nims are higher for them number one mm -hmm. number two the entire due diligence first is being done by the nbfc and the better right. quality nbfc a bank is able to tie with the safer is the deployment of capital mm. without much overhead on in them right so that's mm. a business story that i'm seeing is getting unfolded across this entire you know debt market thanks a lot abhijit it was a very insightful and useful conversation for fixed income investors it was a pleasure uh, speaking with you aarti thank you so much thank you